Hi, I'm Tom Hansen. And I'm Kat Hansen. In 2014, our son Harding was diagnosed with congenital heart disease. And since then, we have experienced the ups and downs that come along with being a CHD parent. In this podcast, we share some of the lessons we've learned along the way and the things we wish we knew at the start of our journey. In each episode, we also chat with CHD experts to get their stories of hope, encouraging insights, and valuable resources to give parents like us the right help at the right time. This is the Hope and Courage Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the next episode of the Hope and Courage Podcast. In this episode, we finish our conversation with Richard Schwent. Uh, quick rundown on this amazing guy. He's a CHD survivor. He's a grandfather of a CHD survivor named Griffin. He's a counselor, psychotherapist in Canada. He's an author of a critically acclaimed book called Emotional Recovery from Congenital Heart Disease. This guy is the total package, and it was just an awesome conversation. Really happy we get to continue it in this episode. Yeah, this conversation with Richard was so great. The first thing that stands out in this part two of the episode is talking about making decisions out of love instead of fear, you know, allowing our children to take calculated risks. Yeah, it feels like so much of what we do is just protect our kids all the time. And our right. mindset is always about protecting them. But you can overprotect them, right? Right. You can be the hyper, ultra helicopter parent. Right. And that's really easy to do as a CHD parent. But Richard is a great uh, testament and uh, just a great um, advocate for the idea of just, hey, CHD was never excused for him to not do anything. Right. Right. He lived life to the full for sure. Um, I would say the second thing that stands out from this episode is, you know, knowing yourself. He talks about how important it is as a CHD patient to know yourself, know your body, know what you can do, know what you can't do, and just how knowledge is power. And it gives us freedom to be able to do the things we want to do when we know our body well. Absolutely. And the last thing is he has a four question framework to do that. You know, when you feel like something's wrong, uh, it's a great way to distinguish between something really being wrong or just more often maybe stress or an anxiety uh, feeling that is causing some some biological or physiological uh, effects. Right. Right. And these are great questions, not only for CHD patients to ask themselves, but also caregivers of CHD kids like us. Absolutely. So. Stick around to the end of the episode. We're going to break down and expound on a couple of ideas, but let's go ahead and jump to our conversation with Richard. Great. Yeah. You know, one thing that's really unique about your story is, you know, you're a CHD survivor, um, but your grandson um, also has CHD. Can you talk about that experience? What was that like? Yeah, I don't know if I can. Um, it, it's it, it was horrible, mm. uh, and and it was very very similar to your son's story. Uh, mm. But he's great. That's yeah. good. I'm glad to hear that. Do you feel yeah, like he's doing very well? He's, he's a great kid. Yeah. Do you guys? Do you feel like you can relate to him in a, in a unique way? Um, did it trigger a lot of things with you? I mean, what? Yeah, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, yeah, it did trigger stuff in me for sure. Mm. Um, it, it, I have a kind of a running joke with my daughter that um, uh, the best inspiration for him is the old man in the living room watching the Blue Jays game with a beer. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, it, 
you know, it it's he can see someone who's lived their life yeah. with congenital heart disease. Uh, and, um, you know, again, I'm just like anybody else and I live my life like anybody else. The difference is, um, you know, it's very much an invisible disability with me yeah. in the sense that, you know, nobody sees it unless they look under my shirt. And mm-hmm. uh, um, there's nothing that anybody's going to see that, um, you know, it's going to suggest um, unless we're running marathons or something and I drop out early. But uh, um, uh, it, it um, but he's going to see an example. And, and I think that's really the critical piece is mm-hmm. that, uh, um, uh, you know, the stuff that's been done to him has been done to me. And mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, there, there's, you know, we, you know about him and me, but you know, my father had CHD. My mother has it. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe his other grandfather had it. Um, but, uh, um, I want him to live his best life and, Mm -hmm. uh, um, to go out and live his life and do it. He plays hockey, plays soccer. It's, uh, I don't know how he does it. It's, uh, um, Mm -hmm. he's a cocky little guy and, uh, um, he's smart and he's mouthy and, uh, um, you know, I think he's going to attitude his way through life and uh, right. um, that won't be a bad thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. We saw early on with Harding, he was always getting so angry about what was happening to him in the hospital. Even as a baby, he would um, show a lot of that. But I think once, once we reframed that as passion, like, man, that's such a good trait to just like be able to communicate how you're feeling right like not be passive about it and to fight against something that's doesn't feel good like those are good traits to have to be able to be a leader and to be a successful adult to be able to stand up for yourself yeah and that yeah i used to well i always just say like yeah the wilder the colt the better the horse you know like (laughs) it's it's good right it's good that that the energy and passion and all those things um Something I think is so interesting that is like a perspective that your daughter must be grateful for is, you know, something we struggle with are people who are on the outside looking in at the decisions we're making with Harding. You know, we we are very much of the same ideology as you, which is like, let's get him to take risks. You know, like he's we don't know how many days we have with Harding, but let's make him fool you know, and let's give them as much opportunity to live a full life as possible. And there are people who disagree with that, who say, no, you got to protect him. You know, like he's extra vulnerable. You've got to shelter him. And, you know, I totally understand where that comes from. You know, they love him and don't want anything bad to happen to him. And, and gosh, do we appreciate their love for him. But as a CHD parent, I think one of the difficult things to juggle is, you know, what is the line between protecting your child and not protecting your child? You know what I mean? I I, I sometimes phrase it as this, like, we want to make decisions for Harding out of love and not out of fear. Like, CHD has already stolen so much from him and from our family we don't want fear to steal everything else, right? So, yeah. like, if we can make a decision out of love 
for him. And it's like, gosh, we really want that for him because that's a great thing. Even if we're scared, even if people are saying like, no, don't do that. You've got to protect him. Um, that that is going to greatly benefit him more than, you know, us sheltering and, and constantly protecting him out of fear of what could happen to him. Yeah. And, and I, I understand that. And that, that comes back to the idea of discernment and, mm-hmm. uh, um, the knowing where that line is as, as well as you can about what you can and cannot do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, generally speaking, when you have your cardiology visits and you talk to people, uh, um, in the medical field, um, it, it is a question you want to have as good a grasp on it as you can. Right. What can I do and what can't I do? And, uh, um, you know, I've asked that question at different periods of my life, and I've been fortunate enough that uh, uh, I've usually been told, do whatever. It's uh, um, don't mm-hmm. let it stop you. Um, Griffin was told not to play hockey, um, but then they got a second opinion on that and he played hockey. Right. Uh, you know, it didn't hurt him. Uh, you know, he's an energetic kid, way more energetic than I was at his age. Right. But our, our knowledge is important. Um, a buddy of mine is, uh, Dr. Buddy has, uh, um, recommended I get an Apple watch and, uh, because it's got good information on it. Uh, he says it functions almost as good as a single lead, uh, uh, EKG. And, mm. uh, um, admits data and stuff. So I'm going to get one of those and I give them measure O2 and heart rate right. and all the rest of that stuff. Um, I take, I, I brought a prop. Um, yeah. I take this thing with me when I travel uh, and so that, what it does. So that, uh, uh, we're, yeah, just we're looking at a, the device. Yeah. What is the, yeah, it's got a little screen on it. Yeah. W- what are we looking at? You're looking at a, a coagulation monitor. Okay. Um, so it's very much like what uh, um, a diabetic might use. Mm-hmm. So a diabetic, you know, poke a little hole in their finger, get a drop of blood and put it on the strip and they would get their blood sugar. Mm-hmm. What I get when I do that with this device is my INR, which is the measurement of my coagulation. Mm-hmm. So because I've had a stroke, because I have a mechanical valve, my INR has to be very high. Mm-hmm. And there's risks that go with that. Um, it gets too high and I can have a bleed, mm-hmm. gets too low, uh, um, and I can get a clot, have another stroke. Uh, it's got to be kind of like the bear's porridge, just right. Yeah. And um, so I get some really crazy bruises sometimes. But um, now, after about a year after my my last surgery i was about 45 i decided i'd go to australia by myself for uh, a couple of weeks uh i had a friend there and i thought oh sure i'd like to see the guy and i thought i would go and i i bought this um and took it with me and uh so i discovered at one point as i always do when i travel that my inr had gone really high mm-hmm. and uh therefore i could modify it with the medication mm. So, you know, most CHD parents and, and parents of diabetic kids are very good on this as well, are very smart and very vigilant about these things. So you, you tip the odds in your favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get your information. You do your discernment. You know as 
well as you humanly can what somebody can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Then you go out and do it uh, because uh, your your philosophy about making sure Harding will be Harding. CHD will be part of his life, but it won't be all of his life and maybe mm-hmm. not even most of his life. Um, CHD is a piece of my life. Um, this is the most I've talked about in years and years. I have to ma- manage things and take care of things, and so will you, and so will he. But he will be Harding. He will have his personality. He'll have his interests. He'll have uh, his loves when he grows older. He'll uh, want to explore the world. And uh, uh, it, it, these are all things that make us human. And he has a right to that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as much as anybody else. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I thought was such a great practical insight that you had was the four questions um, mm-hmm. of of like our, you know, and I wonder if you could maybe speak to those a little bit. Uh, yeah, the are you sleeping? Yeah. Are you exercising? Yeah, I thought um, that was just a great, healthy. a great insight that I'd love the parents to hear. But can you give us a little bit of background on that on that? Sure. Um, I'm a hypnotherapist and, uh, um, I go off to training every now and again. And, uh, uh, a few years ago, I heard a Yale, uh, hypnotherapist, uh, one of the most eminent ones in the United States, um, uh, a guy named Max Shapiro, if I remember correctly, um, talking about some very advanced hypnotherapy methods. And he said he began every session with, um, uh, those questions. Are you sleeping? Are you eating? Are you hydrated? Are you getting exercise? Because without those things, all the fancy stuff didn't matter. Mm. Uh, And um, I've done that ever since. And it's been very, very um, helpful to me and and my clients. This year, that came home to me in a a difficult way. Um, Mm. Last January, I went for my echocardiogram and, and my annual check. Then the cardiologist called me in a video call. And for the first time in many years, my ejection fraction had dropped. Mm. And I had gained about 15 pounds during the pandemic. Uh, My exercise had fallen off and um, the writing was on the wall. The end game with congenital heart disease is some version of heart failure. And Mm. uh, that's a place I don't want to go. I certainly don't want to go soon, Uh, but it's lurking. That's why they do the surgeries. That's why they prevent it. So the heart won't enlarge, weaken, and, and fail. Right. So I was just beginning to have some shortness of breath. So um, I think I mentioned to you in the, you know, uh, in our, our talk at the beginning that I, I'd gone on a fairly serious diet. And mm-hmm. uh, I also went on a fairly serious exercise kick. But what I found in the last eight months is that a really heavy intensive exercise program and the diet, two very simple things. These aren't surgery. They're not fancy tests. They're not uh, uh, a new medication, nothing. Exercise and diet has, I've lost the weight. Um, I'm way fitter than I was. Um, You know, my wife walked for miles today uh, and I, you know, earlier in the day Um, and the shortness of breath is gone. Hmm. And, you know, my, GP is pretty convinced my heart muscle has done a very big turn for the better as a result of this. So, you know, we think often with CHD in terms of the medications, the surgeries, the tests, and all those things are necessary because it's a pretty tertiary level, uh, um, you know, disease to treat. But 
the basic stuff has to be taken care of. Uh, I am obliged in a way that other people aren't. I can't get away with being overweight. I can't get away with being uh, unfit. I can't get away with a crappy diet. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't get away with it the way other people can. Uh, I did get away with it a little bit during the pandemic, but um, I was sort of snapped back to reality. Sure. So people um, who take care of those things first, and I, I, it doesn't matter if somebody has CHD or anxiety or depression or uh, trauma or whatever people come to me for, uh, if people um, take care of that stuff first, they're on the right track. I think that's so good. Not is it not only is it good for uh, good guidelines for us as parents to like help our children be able to, you know, have good answers to those questions. Um, but also as caregivers to our children, especially when they're going through a uniquely hard situation, you know, if they're being hospitalized or something like that to to make sure that we can answer those questions well because if we're not operating out of a place of health, we're of very little use to our child. You know, like yeah. we can sit next to them, hold their hand, but I don't know that we are able to be emotionally available to them. Uh, and we can get, you, and you mentioned this in your book, like caregivers, if they're not taking care of themselves, can themselves get sick, right? When they're tra- When they're there trying to take care of their sick child. Yeah. And, you know, it's like that. This is this is the struggle that we always find ourselves in is something happens like, you know, a couple uh, months ago, maybe six months ago, a year ago, Harding was having some flare ups, created some overnight stays in the hospital. Right. Um, So we go into survival mode, which means we're not sleeping. We're eating really poorly. We're definitely not exercising. And a survival mode just gets longer and longer until the point where we literally have to consciously say like our phrase in the house is like it's time we're just beat off survival mode with a stick Mm -hmm. we need to get back on the diet back on exercise because because it's so easy in stress to just go to you know you just drop that ball of health and wellness you know you know i would add one other thing to that um Mm -hmm. first of all i think you're you're absolutely right caregivers have to care for themselves first and foremost um you know, you, you make sure you've got your life jacket on before you put the life jacket on somebody else. And uh, um, the physical self-care is part of that. Um, the other thing which uh, is very, very critical is that parents look after their own relationship. And mm. Um, mm. you working together, doing the podcast together, parenting, parting together are very important things. Um this is the kind of thing that can break up marriages. And, uh, and it um, often does, right? Yeah. I mean, this yeah, is does. very, yeah, very absolutely. common. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, um, you know, respite is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, time to yourselves. Um, uh, so I really want to kind of concur with what you're saying, Tom, that, you know, you taking care of yourselves when you need to take care of yourselves is the most important thing that, that Harding needs. Mm-hmm. You're loving, caring, smart parents. So therefore being well and strong is, is going to keep. Thank you that way. And setting that example for him, I think is so important. You know, like he's right. really young now. And I think we just are like, you know, you, I, th- I think 
your emphasis on just the basics is what I would call it. I think that's, it's simple, right? It's, it's not complex. It's not surgery. It's not medicine. It's just like, Hey, let's, uh, you know, let's make sure we're resting. Let's make sure we're eating well. Let's make sure we exercise. Something you bring up a lot in your book is the idea of humor and having fun. Um, could you maybe speak to a little bit to the importance of that in terms of like overall wellness? It's a, it's a little quirk of my, my practice that I know all my clients' uh, hobbies and interests. Um, at some point, I'm going to say to most of my clients, some people are spiritual, some people are athletic, some people are outdoorsy, some people are artsy, some people are social. Does any of that sort of or any combination of that apply to you? Hmm. Uh, and I ask that question because once they've kind of acknowledged that, um, I really encourage them to engage in it. I believe it's a protective factor, um, a huge protective factor for people psychologically. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something most people can hold on to uh, through thick and thin and even in small ways. Humor is, is anti-anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. There is something about humor that, you know, I have this little character in one of my books called Mr. Anxiety and, and I sometimes pantomime him in the office and, uh, uh, you laugh at Mr. Anxiety hmm. or are laughing when he is in the room and he starts to shrink. Hmm. You let him scare you and you start to shrink. You laugh at him and hmm. he starts to shrink. And um, uh, so, you know, I, I, I have been a comedian. I've done stand up and I've written humor books and uh, um, uh, it has been a very important part of my outlook and, and my life. I've never had any particular problems discerning between that which is funny and that which isn't. Um, mm. uh, we kind of instinctively know what's not funny. And, and there's lots of things in this life that are absurd and funny. And uh, any, anything that people can do to encourage that. Um, you know, I have a couple of comedians I listen to on, online if, if I ever find myself in a bad way. Mm. You know, if I'm having a bad day or I'm sick or something's going on that I don't like, <clears throat> I'll turn on one of these comedians and... Uh, you know, just spend a few minutes laughing and, and, you know, it helps. Yeah, absolutely. Man, this has been an incredible conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I've just enjoyed so much of it. I think, yeah, I, the thing that you've just given so many practical insights, but just again, I, I remember very early on with Harding, it was the thing that I was wanting most that I didn't get just like show can i just see someone who has who has this that's like what's their life like what do they look like what are they right. you know like how, you know just talking to you and just hearing about stand-up comedy traveling to australia having your family just like all the things that you do and adventures and fun and just a fulfilling full life that you live is just such an encouragement for us and i know it will be for everyone else so yeah it gives us a lot of hope so thank you just so much for being generous with your time. And um, you obviously are, are, you have so much, so many great resources out there. That's actually how we found you is because of your wonderful book. But um, for our listeners, could you maybe just share a little bit if they want to learn more about you or get connected to you at, on, do you have any socials, any resources that they can find if they want to learn more? My website is uh, um, richardschwint.ca. Uh, Richard S C H W I N D T uh, dot C A. Uh, I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, R G S C H W. How do I spell my name? R G S C H W I N D T uh, I, on Twitter. Um, 
so I'm usually not too hard to find. I'm I'm pretty much all over uh, yeah. social media. So and we'll definitely um, link uh, in the description of the podcast. We'll, we'll link your socials and your to your book and to your website and all those things. So if anyone's listening wants to see those, just look in the show description for those. Yeah, and um, the uh, one other thing that I'll I'll share. Um, uh, it's it's on my website. Um, people have different circumstances. Um, if someone emails me, I always uh, share a PDF of my book. Uh, Karma, it's fine. I, I'm happy to do it. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll give you my email address, which is rgschwint at gmail.com. And uh, if anybody wanted to have a look at the book, uh, um, I'd be very happy to send them a PDF copy. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, 100%. I yeah. uh, like we, it's a really quick read, it's really practical. Again, your unique experience is not only being someone with CHD, but also having you speak to that experience with your grandson and just valuable, super great and resources. Being a counselor and psychotherapist, you can address, you know, you got the you're the whole package, Richard. You're the whole package. Oh my gosh! It. And your 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 custard recipes are coming out soon. That cookbook, <laughs> we're we're really excited to see that. <laughs> okay, I'll post it. <laughs> All right, great. Well. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope this is not the last time that we speak or spend time uh, uh, talking to each other because it really was uh, really, really valuable. So thank you so much for your time. Good. I'm glad. Well, very nice talking to you both. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thanks, Richard. Great. Okay. Take care. Man, that was awesome. So, Kat, what struck you most from our conversation? I love it when you use my name when you ask me a question. I want them to know who I'm talking to. <laughs> it, there's a formality in podcasting, and that's something you got to right. learn. You know, really at the beginning, we talked a little bit about just how hard it can be to make decisions for our CHD children, mm-hmm. and especially with outside people looking in, um, who can be a little judgy, let's face it. Uh, but but people who genuinely love our kids, right, and who just want the best for them, but also just really, really want to protect them. And I think, you know, we talk about it in the episode, but that's a hard place for a parent to be, you know, because we also want to make the best decision concerning our child. But we also know that we can be a little bit protect, maybe too protective. And and maybe we need to push ourselves out of our comfort zone a little bit to allow Harding to make decisions that um, bring him joy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was something that just really struck me at one point with Harding. You know, Richard, he said it, and it was, like, really well said about the experience with CHD, where it's really long periods of boringness with very short periods of just stress, terror, right? You know, intensity, right? Um, And that is definitely our experience with Harding. There have just been very, very uh, intense periods of time, but surrounded by a lot of just, peace right right but the challenge i think this is one of the biggest struggles with uh being a chd parent is living in those in-betweens right and 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 not really taking full advantage of the opportunities to have fun Mm -hmm. to have adventure to um just have freedom and just relax because Because you're so worried about those moments exactly we're scared we're scared of the next big moment that's coming. And, and it sounds so cliche, but it's like you can't be so afraid of death that you never live, right? It's like yeah. that's the idea, right? And But it's so true. Yeah, absolutely. And just to hear that 
Richard, ah, I went to Australia and I went backpacking and hiking. It just took me longer, and but I did it, right? And that, right. that's just what I want for Harding. He did so, he's done so many cool things with his life. Just his career alone is so impressive. But yeah, his trips that he's gone on and he was a stand-up comedian at one point. Oh, and yeah. It's just like... <laughs> That's so amazing. And, and like you say it in the episode, like, that's what we want for Harding. We want him to have this amazing story. And you know what? He's just not going to get there if we're not letting him do stuff ever. You yeah. Know? I definitely want him to be a stand-up comedian. That's, <laughs> I know that's you That's my goal one. That would be you living vicariously through Harding because that's always been your dream for I sure. I know. Harding brings home like an A on a report card. I'm like, okay, what jokes did you tell at class today? <laughs> that's what I want to know. And let's let's work that out. Let's try to make it a little better. Yeah, your number one favorite thing to do after you get home from work is not not necessarily tell me about how your work day went, but how what the jokes were that you told that day and how they landed. Yeah, I (laughs) am not ashamed of that. You shouldn't be. It's great. But anyway, so I think the big takeaway for a CHC parent is just, you know, (laughs) I'm saying so many cliches and I am almost like I know biting my tongue while I'm saying it. But it but it is very true. It doesn't mean that they're not true. Right. But just like saying yes to life, you know, just like just say yes, just say yes to life. Just do it. Right. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, though, it's like you have to say, you know what? The CHD has taken enough from me and right. from my child. Yep. You know, I, I remember we were at a conference once and um, we there's a family there and they were just like, it, it's like our responsibility to go travel and show them things. And I'm like, absolutely. You should yeah. be doing that. You know, right. Um, you should not be hovering and scared constantly living inside of a, a a house and never seeing the outside world never having fun never having adventures and adventures bring along with it some risk and some danger and that's okay right and, and you know it's totally natural for chd parents for us to feel scared and to feel worried and to not really know where that line is 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 this too big of a risk is it too little of a risk but, you know, it's it's our responsibility to do the work on ourselves. If yeah. we're feeling anxiety, if we're feeling fear, we've got to look inward or we've got to go get help to deal with those issues. It, it shouldn't be an issue that we pass on to our CHD child, you know. Yeah. And, you know, I think you really got to rely on your medical professionals. That mm-hmm. They really helped us. Yes. I mean, when it was like there's a worldwide pandemic and we're like, should we send our CHD kid to school or not? Right. One of the first things we did is like, let's go talk to the cardiologist. Don't look online. Don't right. Google it. Like go talk to a doctor when it, I mean, I've, I remember just being, when we went, we, we flew recently mm-hmm. to, to, uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, and part of me was just like, is he okay to fly? Right. You know, it's like that. Is How's that going to do is on that, a plane? And I had, I mean, there was yeah. absolutely no evidence to tell me that that wouldn't be okay. Right. But it was just like, is it even worth it to try, right. you know? But, yeah, um, yeah we, we talked to the doctor. They say it's okay. Then it's like, let's do it. We're right. doing it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're going to be stuck in Seattle. And what if something happens and this and that? But, you know, we did it. It was a week. And nothing crazy happened. And we just had a lot of fun and an adventure and a great memory. Yeah. And, you know, that really speaks to Richard's point about knowing your body knowing what you can and can't do, being able to discern what's anxiety and what's health and what's like my heart. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, because Harding's seven, 
we're the ones that have to know his body really well right now. And we're, we're teaching him and it's important for him to know that at some point, right? Like he's really got a good grasp on that. And so we need to be proactive and saying like, how are you feeling? You know, what's going on? Tell us what hurts or what doesn't hurt or whatever. Um, but it's important for us to know how his body is doing so that when those opportunities come to go do something that might feel a little risky, we have more freedom to make that choice because we know Harding's body, right? And we know how good he's doing at the moment or not. And, you know, it's up to us to train Harding how to know how to do that for himself. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I really loved was those four questions. And I know that you really love those too, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just as a review. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course I love them, but for their benefit, maybe you could <laughs> tell them what the questions are. Right. So just as a reminder, the questions were, are you sleeping? Are you exercising? Are you eating healthy? And are you hydrated? Those are like the basics, the check, the boxes you need to check off first and foremost. And if you're operating out of that healthy place, you're going to be able to make better decisions, right? You're yeah. going to be, for yourself as someone with CHD, you know, your child's going to be able to handle things better. Uh, but also as a caregiver, you know, we're going to be able to be better parents, better caregivers for our CHD children when we're taking care of ourselves. You know, one of the things that Richard said that really stood out to me was taking care of yourself is the most important thing Harding needs. Wow. Like, how easy is that? And I'm sure there's a lot of CHD parents out there who who have felt this way that, like, you put yourself on the back burner. You know what I mean? Like, Well, it's like, it's not only, gotta, yeah, it's not You've got to be in the hospital, like, every day with your kids sometimes, and you're not showering, and you're eating the giant cookie from the hospital cafeteria for your meal that day. And, you know, you're just, you're not sleeping, you're not drinking, you're not eating well, you're definitely not exercising. Yeah, and it's almost like, it goes beyond that, though. I think it's like, there's definitely the aspect of, I'm putting my child's needs above my own. Mm -hmm. But there's also this this weird feeling of almost guilt and pressure that you have to throw your own well-being and your own health on the altar. Exactly. And sacrifice it for the sake, because you just like, I can't take care of myself, I can't exercise eat right i mean it's like because i have to you know you're you're it's almost like you feel guilty for doing that right there's like some little voice maybe or maybe we feel like people are judging us or something that like gosh if i'm not suffering as much as my child is then it's not okay i need to suffer and be there with my child you know i can't take time for myself because then i'm leaving my child right my child needs me um And, you know, those feelings are totally normal to feel. Um, But we're also responsible for those feelings and thoughts. You know, we have to also remind ourselves that, like, hey, listen, I can't make great medical decisions for my child if I'm never, ever sleeping. I can't emotionally be present for my child when they're crying over, you know, being in pain or just being frustrated with being in the hospital or what's happening to them. I can't be there for them if I'm not taking my stress out through exercise. You know, like, I can't be all the things I need to be for hurting if I'm pulling from an empty well, you know? Absolutely. 
Yeah, just lastly, he talked about how humor is important. And I think that's so true. It's like underrated how much humor helps us, especially our family. I mean, you and I really value humor (laughs) and we've got really hilarious, funny kids as a result of it. Um, But it is, it's so stress relieving. And, And something Richard says in his book is a laughing kid is a less anxious kid. You know, if, if we can give our kids the opportunity to have fun and, and be laughing, they're going to feel better. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, you have to prioritize fun. Yeah. You just have to prioritize fun. And that and you can't feel guilty about it. Um, you have to understand that it is, it's healthy. It's important. Your kids need it. And, you know, I'll, I'll just end it with this. You know, we're saying all this stuff, and it's probably easy for any CHD parent listening to feel like, oh, my gosh, I got to do all this stuff to be a good parent. <laughs> like, I'm trying my best, you know. And I'll just say that, like, take this in seasons, guys. Like, there are going to be seasons when you just are in survival mode and you got to stay there for a little bit, you know. But then be... um. But then be proactive to get yourself out of survival mode and and to take care of yourself and to have fun. You know, it's okay to have seasons of life. It's okay to be doing these things some of the time and not 100% of the time. You know, it's all about just like growing and improving. That's all. Yeah. And that's, I mean, to say the point that we talked about earlier, which is, you know, the life of CHD is like there are just moments of intensity bookended by long periods of time right of mm-hmm. of stability right and that, and everyone's different obviously but you know it, it's it's really yeah when you have those intense moments you got to just survive that's what it is right. but it but what we're talking about is like what are you doing in the in between right exactly you know and when that, things are calm yeah and we felt yeah. that way i mean we were in the hospital for 4 months with harding at one point and we had to embrace these things in there yeah. right um, and, um, because that, that's where, you know, life can be robbed from you or you can really have the most for it, you know, the most of it. Yeah. I think, I, I think one point I just kind of had kind of a breakthrough epiphany of just like, man, you know, what do I want to be able to say mm-hmm. at the end, you know, at the end of my life, his life, whatever it is, right. What do I want to, do I want to say that I made the most out of every opportunity I had to make memories, to laugh, to enjoy life, enjoy our kid, enjoy our family and, and my spouse, or do I want to say that I was just so overwhelmed and scared that I never did any of those things. Right. Yeah. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. In addition to this podcast, we have lots of other resources to help support, encourage, and equip CHD parents. These can all be found at TomandCatHanson.com. The one we are most excited about is our book. Yes, we've written a book. It's called Hope and Courage, Real-Life Lessons from the Parents of a Child with Congenital Heart Disease. It's a must-read for CHD parents because it gives you a story that only you can relate to and valuable insights you need to live a happy and fulfilling life. It's almost ready and you can sign up now on our website to join our mailing list to be the first notified when it's ready to be purchased. While you wait, we'll go ahead and send you a free resource, Top 10 Tips for CHD Parents, which you will love. 
You can follow us at Tom and Cat Hansen on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, please rate, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to it on. It really helps this project grow. With that, we'll talk to you next time.